Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. A lot we are going to get to in Hour 3 of the program. Some of our favorite NBA plays, maybe even talk some futures and awards, things like that. And of course, we will get to our lightning bets. But for now, one of our favorite guests to talk a little college hoops. Here comes Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com. Make sure to follow him on X at Card Chronicle. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So as I'm looking at some college basketball futures, I'm noticing in the ACC, we've got Duke as a favorite at plus 250 and North Carolina at 3-1 to one to win the regular season conference award. Are we just on a collision course for Duke-UNC as far as who's going to win this conference? Or is there value in betting on someone else? There's value in betting on someone else because every time that we assume we're on a collision course with Duke and North Carolina, somebody else winds up winning the conference. And that somebody else, I think, like seven times in the last 10 years is Virginia. So, I mean, look at Virginia. I think they're the team that I would bet money on. They never wow anybody in the non-conference. It takes a while for that Tony Bennett system to kick in. But they, you know, Duke has been the preseason favorite to win this conference. The stat is outrageous. Something like 13 times in the last 18 years. And they've only actually done it twice. Virginia is constantly that team that's picked to finish third, fourth, or fifth in the ACC underachieves a little bit in the non-conference and then winds up finding a way to win the league with a 14-6, 15-5, 16-4 record, whatever it is. I know they're the third pick. I'm assuming they're the the third choice right now. I would – like Carolina long-term I I think is a little bit uh, of a fraudulent team. Duke with John Shire, this is the second year in a row where they just haven't looked like they've they've popped the way that they should. I would – be very, very willing to look at Virginia as that third choice if I wanted to make some money. This seems to be a classic year where they could swoop in and win yet another ACC regular season title. Uh, There's some good games coming up, man, especially on uh, Friday and Saturday that we want to go over. But uh, a story from over the weekend was uh, Bronny James making his return to the court and it is a minute restriction. uh, But where are you on his play this year? Like, what is the expectation? And also just... USC, how much more do they need to do? Like, how long are we talking before they're they're competitive or where people believe that they're going to eventually go? They need to do a lot more right right now than what they've been doing. The loss to Long Beach State overshadowed was overshadowed a little bit by the way that Bronny James played. Uh, I thought watching Bronny a little bit, I was I, I thought it was actually impressive how mature he played. Like, I think he seems to understand his limitations more so than some people who scout him uh do i think that he he didn't try to do too much which is crazy for a kid playing for the first time who just so happens to be lebron james's son uh you, you know he seemed to fit in with the team he didn't four shots didn't hunt shots uh had that great chase down block he recognizes that he's not the most talented player on this team he's the most talked about player on this team but he's not the most talented or the the, the biggest nba prospect isaiah collier very good chance he's going to wind up being the the number one pick in the draft. Boogie Ellis is, is a better college player than Bronny, I think, can be. They've got a ton of talent on this team. Andy Enfield, more times than not, has done a good job at harnessing that talent and getting them all to put team over self. Uh, but this year, they're, they're in a hole because they've beaten a couple of good teams in the non-conference. They've got two really glaring losses already to UC Irvine and Long Beach State, who aren't terrible mid to low majors, but aren't great mid to low majors either. They've got a really big opportunity this weekend to go on the road and beat an Auburn team 
that is a lot better than anybody thought. If they can win that game, I think that will really jumpstart them. And this will be more than just the the Bronny James, Isaiah Collier hype show. And it can be a legitimate NCAA tournament team that can win a couple games. We've got some top 25 games tonight. Is there anything you like? There's about a handful of games um, like Creighton, UNLV, Denver, BYU, Chicago State, Northwestern. Anything that jumps out at you tonight? Yeah, this sort of feels like a you know, these next couple of days are like the worst appetizer ever before a really, really good meal. It's like, you know, the appetizer is so yeah. bad that you're worried about leaving the restaurant and then you actually get the food. And it's like, I'm, I'm so glad we stayed. Uh, that, you know, last night was terrible <laughs> with the Duke being the only game of note. Tonight is going to be, uh, I mean, UNLV is, they keep trying to claw their way back. That, that'll be interesting playing the game in, uh, I guess, in Nevada against Creighton. I think Creighton's way too good. I, I mean, if you want to watch the show a little bit, I think CBS Sports Network, if you want to watch Creighton play, I think they'll put up a ridiculous number of points on UNLV tonight. So I like the over team over, whatever it is for, for Creighton tonight. But as far as actual games to watch, it's I think we're all just kind of saving up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because this weekend's going to be spectacular. Absolutely, it will be, no doubt about that. Uh, you mentioned Auburn, and definitely when it comes to handicapping the SEC, that is an intriguing race, uh, even though Tennessee uh, is the favorite right now to win the conference. Auburn is second at 5-1, to one. Kentucky uh, and Alabama tied at 6-1 to one per bet MGM. How do you make sense of the SEC right now? The SEC, this is what happens when you invest in college basketball. They, I think they saw this vision three or four or five years ago. You've got teams that have been football first for the – you know, the entirety of their existence, and that's not going to change anytime soon. But they still said, we're going to invest in landing high-profile coaches. We're going to invest in, in upgrading our facilities. And the SEC, everybody kind of rolled their eyes when people said they're coming. We're starting to see the, the, you know, the, the fruits of that labor the last couple of years. It's a fantastic conference. It might be the best conference in college basketball this season. Auburn with Bruce Pearl, I mean, every time that he has a team that's projected to be outside the top 25 or you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in the SEC, they always seem to step up. Uh, we've kind of forgotten about Nate Oates and Alabama a, a little bit. I still think they're extremely dangerous long term. Uh, they're going to be good. UK's been a, a little bit up and down. I love Tennessee long term. Right now, if I'm pegging this conference, though, I don't think there's a team that I like more in this league than I like Auburn. And that's even with the loss to Appalachian state. Um, they're in action tonight. We'll see how they play against UNC Asheville. I think that should be an easy win. And then they got the, the previously mentioned game against USC, but I really like this Auburn team. I like the makeup of them. They went out and got Janai Broom who's one of the better big guy transfer portal players, which was a, a need. Uh, it seems like Pearl's going to kind of go the transfer portal route. He believes in his coaching ability. He believes in the system they have in place there. And uh, I mean, like you mentioned, the four teams that you reeled off, I think they all can make a valid case for being the best team in the league. I think you can also throw Texas A&M in there, who's been a little bit of a disappointment. But this is that year Buzz Williams always has in that third, fourth, or fifth season, a year where he can really make a run. I think he's got a squad to do that this year. I think they're eventually going to get right and be a really tough out in March. Let's go to the big game on Friday. It's a rematch of something we saw during the madness uh, Friday night. Ken Palm makes this uh, number UConn. Two minus two against Gonzaga. What do you think? I mean, I think the one of the first things I said when I came on with you guys before the start of the season was, I don't know why we're not talking more about UConn as, as being potentially the first repeat national champion since 06, 07. I stand by that. I, I like UConn even more 
big picture wise than I did before the start of the season. They've been wildly impressive. I know this is a tough trip for them going out to Seattle, playing Gonzaga. I think it's awesome that they're doing it. They do get a week off. Like, like they're going to be very well rested for this game. So I don't think that, you know, jet lag or anything like that is going to play a gigantic factor. I think two is, is too small of a number here. I know that it's Gonzaga. I know that they're in a big spot. I know that they have more pressure to win this game because they dropped their other two kind of showcase games against Purdue and Washington. I just don't think that Gonzaga is that good. And it's a rarity. Like I've been sort of a Gonzaga defender in recent years. I don't, this team's going to be fine. They're the best team in the West coast conference, which is down this year. St. Mary's is, is going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament. It looks like they're going to be in the field safely. They'll probably be a top five seed. I just don't think they have it to be a realistic national title contender. And I think Connecticut absolutely does. They've been spectacular so far this year. Their only loss is a very, very understandable road loss at Kansas where nobody seems to win. Uh, Tristan Newton can make an early case that he's been early season All-American. Donovan Klingon's still getting healthy, but he's fantastic. Cam Spencer's been a huge addition. Uh, I love this UConn team. I know that it's it's a road game. I think they go on the road. I think they win. I won't say relatively handily, but I think they will cover the two. I think that that's uh, too low. What else do you like this weekend? Any other bets that stand out to you? I mean, I, I like the over in North Carolina, Kentucky. I, I'll tell you that much right now. I don't, I don't think it's been said a lot. Both of those teams, long-term, I'm a little bit leery of. I, I, I don't know if, you know, they've been up and down. They don't defend it at a high level. They've got young talent. Uh, Carolina does have the difference maker in Armando Baycott inside. Kentucky's still trying to figure out its inside game, having its three centers start the season either hurt or not declared eligible. They got Aaron Bradshaw back for the first time uh, the last week against Penn, and he looked a little bit you know, a little bit up and down. I think Carolina can expose them a little bit inside. But either way, neither one of these teams, I think they go through stretches where they just don't defend well enough. I think it'll be a super exciting game. Uh, I, I like the over there. Um, but as far as both those teams, they're, they're two teams that I look at, and I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say like fraud watch, but, but I, I, I am worried that they're a little bit overrated right now, both being, I think, in the top 15. He's Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com here on BetQL Daily. Uh, how about we get to Arizona and Purdue, number one versus number three, uh, seeing one projection where the Boilermakers should be three-point favorites. How do you feel about that game? And how do you feel about the fact that this is exclusively on Peacock? I hate it. I, it's the worst. It's awful. I mean, we, we thought that nothing could get worse than, you know, Pac-12 network games, uh, which I still don't think the Pac-12 network actually exists. Uh, but Peacock, no. having to work for it, just really, really, it's awful for college basketball. I know that diehards are going to find the game and it, it'll be fine. They'll find a way to watch. But, you know, there are people that just want to flip on ESPN or, or CBS or whatever on a, on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon to, to watch the game who just won't work that hard to check it out. And these have been probably the two most impressive teams in college basketball so far this season. Um, I, I mean, you have reputations right now for both Purdue and Arizona of they're great in the regular season, but can they get it done in the NCAA tournament? So winning this game isn't going to just shake that stigma for either team, but it will go a long way towards establishing themselves as kind of the team to beat as we enter conference play. It also is a game that, look, you know, big picture-wise, this could wind up being the difference between being a, a one and a two seed, or it could wind up being the difference between being the number one overall seed and just one of the number one seeds. That's how good both these teams are. I think that's how good both these teams can be. 
uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, this is Zach Eady, kind of his first big game on, on, on a big stage so far this season, I guess, since they, they played in the Maui Invitational. Um, like whether or not he can reestablish himself as the undisputed player to beat in the okay. – I'm back. So I think this will be a chance for people to see more of Arizona who maybe haven't seen them since that Duke game because they're very, very good too. I, I actually I, – I like Arizona a lot in this game. I think they're not just going to compete. I think they can go out there and actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Noah Eagle doing this game for Peacock. He's doing all the games apparently. We were talking earlier about how uh, one of the NFL playoff games he's going to be doing instead of Al Michaels uh, – for NBC, so he's all over the place. Um, early in the year, Mike, we were talking about the changes with totals, and and you were all in betting on that. And you know, a lot of times things tend to normalize, the market adjusts. That's what always seems to happen. Uh, did did totals set in a little bit? Where more unders started to come in? Um, what have you noticed there? It does seem like it started to normalize a little bit, which is typically the case when you've got a big rules adjustment. I think that especially in those early season tournaments, college basketball officials wanted to hammer home the idea of, you know, we're not doing everything as a charge anymore. We're going to give the benefit of, of the doubt to the the, the offensive player. Um, so I think you saw a ton of fouls called. You saw a ton of teams kill it at the free throw line. That does seem to have regressed a little bit to the norm moving forward, which is the, almost always the case with college basketball when there's a gigantic rules change. So, um I hope you cashed in on the early overs during the the battle for Atlantis, the Maui Invitational, all those early season tournaments in November, because it does seem like we've gotten back to, um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but where we've gotten back to the the, the block charge call has been a little bit less of a point issue. I think the players have adjusted as well, and I think that's probably going to be the case moving forward. I know you mentioned you really like UConn. Is there anyone, when you look at the Ken Palm rankings, that you think could rise up that maybe people aren't thinking about right now that you're higher on? Uh, the, the two teams that I know I, I talked about before the start of the season uh, were UConn and Baylor. I think Baylor now is it's kind of it's corrected itself a little bit. They're in the top ten on Ken Palm. Um, they've got a big game this week against Michigan State, which is technically not an away game, but they're playing the Spartans in Detroit. And Michigan State finds itself as kind of like a, a caged animal with, with a losing record. They've got to come back uh, and, and do something. So that'll be a, a tough game for them. But I, I love Baylor. If we're looking a little bit deeper than that, as far as teams that I think are, are maybe undervalued, um, Oklahoma, I, I think, is an interesting case study. Porter Moser, one of the hottest names in college basketball a few years ago had had sort of, I mean, just kind of lukewarm returns in his first couple seasons in Norman, hadn't done a whole lot. They've been a really, really fun team so far this season. They haven't played a really tough schedule, but they beat a pretty good Providence team handily. They beat what was supposed to be a really good Arkansas team on a neutral court fairly handily. They beat the USC team that we're talking about. They beat Iowa. Um, They'll play North Carolina coming up, I think, next week, and then they'll get into conference play. I think they're a a fun group. J.V. McCollum is a really, really fun player to watch. Um, So, I mean, Porter Moser is kind of a guy that I trust, that I still believe in. I, I think maybe keep an eye on that Oklahoma team. Good stuff. Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com. Make sure to follow him on X at Card Chronicle. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. This is Becky Well Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our thoughts on NBA Futures Awards and so much more on the hardwood. That's right here on the Becky Network. <laughs> 